You've probably heard the stories. There's definitely been a spread in monkeypox. It's been it's been endemic in parts of Africa for a very, very long time. It's not a new virus. It's not a new condition. However, it's now showing up in Europe. It's showing up in Canada. It's showing up in the United States. And all of a sudden, we sit up and say, uh-oh, what's this monkeypox? What do we need to do? Well, we probably could have paid attention earlier than this, but that's uh, that's the discussion we're going to have. We're going to chat now with uh, Jason Nickerson. Jason is a doctor and humanitarian representative to Canada for Doctors Without Borders. Dr. Nickerson, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate you joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. A bit of background on monkeypox. World Health Organization and uh, have come out and said, you know what, this is not going to be a pandemic. We're not heading into another global pandemic situation with monkeypox. Why not? Why, why are they fairly confident this won't rise to the level of well, for example, COVID-19. Sure. So uh, one of the reasons for that is that it's simply just not as transmissible uh, as, as COVID-19. Um, so we're still really trying to, to actually understand the epidemiology of the disease. Um, but we know that it's not as easily transmissible from, from person to person as COVID-19 is. Typically, most uh, the most common uh, means of transmission is, is uh, you know, skin-to-skin contact, basically. So somebody with uh, the disease comes in close proximity to another person and it transmits uh, that way. So um, what we've seen in previous uh, epidemics is that it doesn't have what we call a reproductive number, meaning, you know, the, the spread of the disease, it's a measure of the spread of the disease, is not nearly as, as high as COVID-19 is. So that's really, you know, probably a, a reassuring uh, fact for, for most people right now. Um in terms of monkeypox, like I say, it's been around for a long time. In fact, there's there's therapeutics and, and vaccination. I mean, there's that already exists when it comes to monkeypox, right? Well, yes and no. So um, you're correct. I mean, the disease has been around for a very long time. It was discovered uh, in, in 1958, actually, uh, in, in uh, laboratory monkeys, which is where the, the name monkeypox comes from, um, although that's a bit of a misnomer because we actually think that uh, the virus lives in a different animal reservoir. It's probably more in, in rodents like rats and squirrels and, and that sort of thing. Um, and the first human case was was identified in 1970 in a child in, in the Democratic Republic of Congo. So the disease has been around for a very long time. Um, it does. It, it is a, a close family member, let's say, of, of smallpox. Um, so again, a, a reassuring fact is is that uh, the smallpox vaccine, both the older one that was used uh, in the eradication right. of smallpox, um, has seems to be about eighty five percent effective against monkeypox. And then there are uh, at least two other newer vaccines um, that have have been developed over time for smallpox, and and one of those is authorized specifically for uh, monkeypox here in in Canada and the United States. So, so Doc, you're talking about uh, an illness that we've known about for well, let's call it 50 years, back to the 1970s. Um, there yeah. are treatments, as you say, there's some vaccinations that you know are proving to be somewhat effective and have been effective and have also been around for a very very long time. So why why are we now starting to pay attention to monkeypox? Could we not have dealt with this long before we got to this situation? I mean, the short answer is yes, absolutely. Um, we we could have. Um, unfortunately, this is is a, a trend in what we see in, in global public health, and this is something that our teams, uh, working for Doctors Without Borders, see every day. Is that in fact there are entire classes of, of diseases that are known as neglected tropical diseases um, that have significant public health burdens and in some cases are actually pathogens, meaning viruses and, and um, other pathogens that have pandemic potential. They have the potential to 
spread around the world and, and to trigger a, a pandemic. Um, and unfortunately, they don't receive very much attention. Uh, both from a, a research and development perspective, meaning there's very little interest from pharmaceutical companies in particular in developing treatments for them, um, because they're, they're largely present in low-income countries uh, that, that, you know, quite frankly, are, are just not profitable enough for, for companies to, to invest in uh, developing these, these new drugs and these new vaccines. It's just not a profitable market. And so, you know, that, that results in a huge neglect in the development of new diagnostic tools uh, of vaccines and of therapeutics, um, even though, you know, the, the, the risk is there. And as I say, it represents a significant public health burden. So it's, it's basically a market failure uh, for, for the development of, of uh, vaccines and, and therapeutics, even for pathogens that, as I say, present a, a potential to, to trigger a pandemic. But, Doc, isn't it true that we have some conditions that, you know, are potentially threatening pandemic-level things down the road could possibly, you know, erupt into that, that we already have developed. You know, you say it's a problem with research and development. We have some, you know, like Ebola, I'm thinking. We developed a vaccine in Canada for Ebola, didn't we? That's right. So um, it's not widespread. That's right. So, you know, the, the Ebola vaccine story is is an interesting one. Um, and it's an unfortunate, really quite example of this, because the vaccine was developed uh, in the early 2000s um, by researchers at Canada's National Microbiology Lab in, in Winnipeg, um, so government scientists. Um, they also actually developed vaccine candidates for two other diseases, uh, Lassa fever um, and Marburg, and, and we can talk about those, but those are also worrying uh, diseases for which there's no approved vaccine. But for the Ebola vaccine, um, you know, we knew early on, the evidence was clear, this, this looked like a very promising vaccine candidate. Um, it was licensed out to a, a small pharmaceutical company in the United States, and they, they simply didn't develop it. Again, it comes back to this market problem. Uh, you know, really prior to the 2013-2014 the West Africa Ebola outbreak, which was a humanitarian catastrophe, yeah. um, there is no uh, real market or, or uh, incentive for companies to, to develop it further. And so it wasn't until things reached this tipping point uh, where... Uh, you know, as I say, it was very clearly a humanitarian catastrophe and, and rich countries got scared um, that there is an investment uh, by uh, the world governments, uh, by the World Health Organization um, and others to, to actually take the next step to do the clinical trials to get it to the finish line. And now we have that vaccine um, and it's it's 97.5 percent effective when we use it in an Ebola outbreak. But um, unfortunately, there are other vaccine candidates for diseases that present a similar risk to global public health and um, that are still sitting on the shelf, despite the fact that we think that they probably are, are very effective and could help to control diseases that present a, a threat to, to global public health. And it just comes down to money. And eventually we may have to pull them off the shelf because we're in a crisis situation rather than heading it off before it ever happens. That's, it's kind of mind-boggling and a little disappointing, doctor. It really is. No, it, it absolutely is. I mean, these two other vaccine candidates that I mentioned, um, you know, Lassa fever is is also a, a viral hemorrhagic disease. It's a it's a slightly different virus than, than Ebola. It's an arena virus. Um, but look, there there is a Lassa fever outbreak that's happening in in Nigeria. Has been going on since 2017. We know there are hundreds of thousands of cases that that occur in in North Africa and, and West Africa, and we also know that there are cases that are appearing 
in different parts uh, in, a, in a larger geographic space yeah. uh, because the disease uh, is, is mostly found in rodents and those rodents are, are moving to different parts uh, of, of the world uh, because climates are changing and, and humans are, are moving into new territory uh, where we haven't lived before. So, you know, there, there are diseases, as I say, that are out there. They present a real threat to, to the health of, of people living in places where they're endemic today yep. um, and probably present a real global public health threat. And, and we need to be getting ahead of this. We need to be developing uh, the, the vaccines that we need ahead of time, making sure that they're, they're available for use, um, both for today and, and for tomorrow. But that's not necessarily a, a, a profitable thing to do. And so we need to look at new ways of, of developing them. Yeah, absolutely. It makes perfect sense. Doctor, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us today.